We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages and inspires you. For more information, head to lifepointwithanee.org.au. Morning, church. Still a good-looking church, eh? Online, I'm sure if I could see you, I think you're a good-looking church too. Do you know what I want to talk about this morning? We're doing this different series. So it's coming at stuff that we kind of know from a different angle or sort of filling it out a bit more. Because there's some topics we know well, don't we? And grace has got to be one of the ones we know really well, don't we? We know grace so well. We live it. We're filled with it. We're amazing with it, aren't we? I've seen some people driving. There's no grace there. Who thinks that grace is just something you say before meals? Except for breakfast. Have you worked that one out? God doesn't wake up early, does he? I don't know. I mean, maybe he's a bit like me. Oh, I hate mornings. But, but have a listen to this. This, this has got to be one of the most beautiful scriptures on grace. God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Saved you by grace when you believed. Don't we love that bit? Don't we just grab a hold of it and go, man, I'm saved by grace. Did you see the next bit? And you can't take credit for this. Do you know how much it had to do with you? About that much. God did it. You can't take credit for it. It's a gift from God. I mean, this in itself is amazing, isn't it? It's an incredible thing. My sin, everything that kept me from God, every time I missed the mark, His grace covered it. When I said that awesome little prayer, Jesus, come into my heart. Make me new. My future was radically changed for the better. No longer am I an object of God's wrath, but I've moved from wrath to precious child, haven't I? Isn't that where we've come? We've done that. I mean, this is my get out of jail free card. I did all this junk wrong. And now it's gone. If we leave grace at that, I wonder if we shortchange the very nature of grace. The very nature of the power of grace. Because within grace has this incredible power. I mean, we come to faith, right? We, we have this event where we pray to prayer. Kind of like I got married, 1987. Proof on the screen there somewhere. Look at that. Hey? Two weeks after I turned 19. Come on, eh? Over 30 years later, still going strong. Come on. She's a good looking girl, that one, I tell you. She just died a little bit inside. But you know, the day I got married, we made vows. We stood up and we said things to each other at that point. We made promises. We entered into a covenant of marriage. So I've got a piece of paper. I've got a date. That's how I know I'm a married man. What would have happened the next day if I kept living as a single man? I would have been a dead man. 
true? See, something happens. We, we come to faith. It's kind of like getting married. There's this time. There's this place. There's this decision. Then I've got to work out what does it mean to live in this? Because as a married man, I laid certain things down that I could not do. I couldn't hook up anymore. Not that I was very good at it. I was awful. You know when you try to put a smooth line out there, guys, and you lean forward and you go, (laughs) and just garbage comes out. All of a sudden, your brain just stops moving and you tried to be cool and you just look totally lame. That was me. But all of that goes. And some people say, oh, the old ball and chain. I love being married. I love the security of it. I love the relationship of it. I love the fact that when I get home, dies there. When I call her on the phone, she's there. But with, it, with our grace, we often look and we think, yeah, I'm forgiven. Now I can just keep on doing what I want. I can just keep on living the same way because I've added a Jesus. I've added someone who's taken away all of that junk that I've done. You listen to Romans 6, 1 and 2. It says, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of His wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we've died to sin, how can I continue to live in it? See, you've become dead to something, but a lot of the time, we just keep on going the way that we're going. We drag all of our old junk with us. It's kind of like taking your wife out for a date and bringing your old girlfriend with you. Doesn't cut it, does it? Sitting down with your wife and going, geez, check out that chicken, she hot. You are going to die. It may not be straight away, it might be slow with poison, something or other, but you're not going to do well. But in our lives, we can accept the same thing of grace. That I've, I've come to faith, I can still keep on doing whatever I was doing because it doesn't matter, it's all covered. If we do that, not only have we limited grace, we've trampled on it. Because what we have to understand from Scripture is that grace is power. Do you know the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of grace? Think about that. So you're filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the same Holy Spirit that created the world. That created the universe, the stars, everything in it. This is the spirit of grace. See, to me, that doesn't sound like someone who's uninvolved. That doesn't sound like someone you keep at a distance. Have a listen to this in 2 Peter. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in the knowledge of God. And Jesus, our Lord, by His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the one who called us to Himself by means of His marvellous glory 
and excellence. More and more grace. But didn't we get it all at the start? Everything we need for holy living. What does holy mean? You can't replace holy with boring, can you? Scripture didn't say, I have given you everything you need for a boring life. I find my walk with the Lord one of the most exciting things I have ever done. The thing that consistently encourages me and freaks me out. I also know that inside of me is still this thing called the flesh. Every desire that I had is still sort of there. But this scripture says, I'm giving you more and more grace as you grow. Who finds it really hard to be holy? Yeah, only a little hand. I don't want anybody beside me to see that I'm not okay. Welcome to the house of the not okay. This is us. I struggle with holiness. Sometimes I think, God, I can't even get there. And sometimes my cry to God is, you don't understand, I'm too weak. And he says, exactly. You are too weak. See, contrary to popular belief, I am not the power of God. You are not the power of God. But Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace in you is the power of God to overcome. Do you remember one of the apostles? He was given a thorn in the flesh to keep him humble. This thorn in the flesh, each time he asked God, he prayed for it to be gotten rid of. Get rid of it, take it from me, I can't handle it. God's reply, yeah, exactly. You can't handle it, but. Listen to this. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so the power of Christ can work through me. See, this power of grace was enough to meet his every need. Enough to meet this because he cried out, relieve me from my burden. Take it off. How would you like to be told no? I'm not gonna take the burden off because you'd be filled with pride. If he can get filled with pride, I wonder if we can too. Because from what I read in the scripture, he didn't remove the load, he strengthened his spine, didn't he? He strengthened his heart, something within him enabled him to bear the load. So instead of taking things away from you, do you think the power of grace can strengthen you under it? Can strengthen you in the very middle of it? To lift you to a place where the things that used to hold you can't touch you. I do. Because I've seen it work. Time after time after time. See, the main drama that we seem to have 
is we exalt the self-made man, don't we? The self-made woman. We look at them and think, look what they've made of themselves. Aren't they incredible? They don't have to rely on anyone. They've got this. You look at people and you think, man, business genius. Absolutely incredible hero. And they did it by the sweat of their brow. Do you know when we rely on ourselves, we don't receive God's grace. Didn't it say before, is grace in our weakness? Not in a self-made man, because if you can do it on your own, what do you need God for? Why do you even need Him in the equation? The problem is we've taken a bit of a, a turn off the side of things to say, now I've come to faith, I'm just gonna be a more powerful me. I'm gonna be a better self-made man than you can ever imagine. I'm smart, I've got God's wisdom now and it's helping me. Do you see the problem with that? Because the scripture talked about the knowledge of Him. We will try absolutely anything else but the knowledge of Him, won't we? We will try every self-help book under the sun. We will talk about self, self, self until the cows come home. But we don't wanna go to the knowledge of Him. We'll trust in a scheme, we'll trust in seven steps to greater whatever instead of coming to Him. In fact, the illusion of strength and independence actually leaves someone in a weaker place. There is nothing more hindering to the work of God than the uplifted and proud Christian. Quote from a gentleman named Morgan. It's true, God resists the proud, but to the humble gives His grace. Now, I had a look at this and all of a sudden something dawned on me. In the kingdom, we mature backwards. You got that? Now, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking like, my kids are left home, which is kind of cool. I love them very, very much, but they've left home and it's cool. The house is ours again. But... You know the process, doesn't it? The process, as we grow in our homes, we depend on our parents for everything. They feed us, they clothe us, they drain us. And we look at them and we think, you are my hero. As you raise them, they get older, they become a little bit more independent, don't they? Then they become teenagers. How crazy, God must have just made a mistake with teenagers. No, he didn't. He knew it was gonna happen to all of us. He knew that'll get them to get extra grace, won't it? But they become teenagers and they start to push, don't they? They start to push against your authority. They start to push against your boundaries. 
And then they get that really weird, stupid look when they meet their life partner. You know the one? And you see less of them. They begin dating. Then they get engaged. Then you know nothing. All of a sudden, all of your information, all of your knowledge, all of your wisdom, it's gone. It disappeared. You know nothing. They know everything. They get married. They move out of home. And we call that success, don't we? We've taught our kids to stand on their own two feet. Yeehaw. Have a look at what Scripture says. Matthew 18, verses two to four. Jesus invited a little child to stand among them. Truly I tell you, he said, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Do you know where we've gone wrong? We keep maturing the same way that we mature our kids. We give them independence. God is not interested in independence. Not for a minute. Do you know if I could say one thing to you this morning, move back home. Move back home. There's a reason we've got welcome home on our signs because you're supposed to come home. See, you're supposed to move back in. You're supposed to throw off your independence and start to rely on Father. Start to listen again. Start to say, I don't wanna do this on my own anymore. I'm not a self-made man. I need to have you in charge of all I am and all I do. Didn't Scripture say, come as a child? Doesn't it make sense, people, that it's time to come home? Because you know what? All of your independence, it doesn't work. If you wanna make a difference for the kingdom of God, you come as a child because a child accepts what the Father says. A child is embraced by the Father, loved by the Father, empowered by the Father, given the Father's name and the Father's authority and the Father's love. You with me now maturing backwards? How wrong have we got it, hey? That we think independence is something to be grasped. Do you know you were never supposed to be independent from God and you were never supposed to be independent from church. This is His idea. We come as children together to worship the King. And all of my brothers and sisters, oh, some of you rub me the wrong way at times. But you know what? I love you all dearly. And I bet you I rub you the wrong way sometimes too. I've just got one of those charming, smooth personalities, haven't I? But you think about it. This is home. This is where we're supposed to be. It's not a mistake. So when we look at the spirit of grace, we say, Daddy, fill me. Daddy, show me your wisdom. Take me back into your care. 
I want to rest again in your arms to hear your heartbeat. Because the further we go from that, the more broken we become. And often we say, God, I've done everything. Why can't I win? And he said, because you forgot to come home. Because you forgot to lean back in my arms and understand that grace is not a one-time thing, but grace is the power of God to transform who you are. Let's pray. Father, this morning, I thank you so much for grace. The beauty of that moment when we first believed, but also the power for the journey. Lord, we accept your invitation this morning to come home. For your wisdom, your comfort, your knowledge and your security. Lord, please accept our hearts again. We come as children and say, Daddy, heal. Daddy, transform. Fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' awesome name, amen.